awesome, awesome time to be with you today to minister the word. Had a great service this morning. Encourage you to go back and listen to that if you weren't here. Um, but I'm telling you, God's got a plan for this service. You know, as we are in corporate prayer, we have corporate prayer on Wednesday nights and we have corporate prayer uh, eight in the morning here. And, and in prayer today, you know, just what kind of came out, what came out in prayer towards the end there was that every service has an assignment. You know, you know, like you might be new here and you're like, what's Heritage of Faith all about? We're about wanting God's perfect will to be done in this church and being done in your life. And our desire is to make you a winner in life because that's God's desire for all of humanity. And, and so with that being said, that each service, whether it's the 9 o'clock service, the 11 o'clock service, whether it's in a Thrive group Wednesday night, there's an assignment that that service has. And so, so the, the, the fulfillment of this service today is to take us to a particular destination. But often, a lot of times when you come to church, you, you hear that message, and you're like, oh, that was a great message, and you never listen to it again. You never, you, 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 you're like, what was that little preacher that message gave us? I think he said something. There was something there. They said increase a couple times, and I, well, I don't know. It, you know, I just go there. You know, it's all good. No, it's something for us to, it's take us to a certain point to when we get to the next service, it takes us to a certain point. Then it takes us to the next service to where all of a sudden we get to God's destination where he wants to go as a church body. Amen. And that's what, that's what church service is all about here at Heritage. And, and I'm, I'm just honored that I get to bring out the word to you this morning. So if you, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Hallelujah. And when Dr. Svell back in September started talking about the, the word... And first, that, and back in September, he shared this. He said, talked about marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations, the greatness of our God and beyond. I mean, that was the word that we stood on for all of 2019, meaning it doesn't stop when 2019 ends, but it's something that we still press into. But then he said, for 2020, God is opening a new door and bringing about supernatural increase as never before. Amen. Can we say that together? In 2020, God will open a new door and bring about supernatural increase as never before. So when that word was, was first released into us as a church body, one thing I, I went and saw the Lord and said, Lord, what's my, what's my role? What, what's my role? He, as being the apostle, released that message to us. What's my role? And he said, Justin, I want you to continue to talk to them about expectation." continuing to build their expectation. Because, you know, God will meet you where your expectation is. If you, if you, you know, most people continue to live from setback to setback because they constantly have a negative, a negative expectation in their life. They don't have a different expectation. And because they don't have a different expectation, there's nothing they can place their faith in to cause them that I can make it through this. I can get through this. I can get beyond this. I'm not going back to that. I'm going there. Why? Because I have an expectation that there's a greater future for me. And so in Matthew chapter 13, I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Verse 9, it says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, this is verse 10, and the disciples came and said unto him, why speak thou unto them in parables? And he answered and he said to them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. But to them it is not given. 
See, I, I want you to understand that it's God's right, it's God's desire for you to increase. So when we talk about that prophetic word about supernatural increase, don't just put that on the shelf and, and just say, okay, well, he's just talking about money again. No, I'm talking about every area of your life. I want to increase as a father, as a husband, as a pastor, as in revelation, in understanding, in godly relationships, in divine appointments. I, I, want, I want increase to manifest in every area of my life. But yet Jesus was telling them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And it tells them here, he says, because it's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Meaning he was telling them, you have ears to hear because you need to get a hold of the mysteries of the kingdom. Then in verse 12 says, for whosoever has, to him shall be given. Has what? See, when I first read this scripture, I always thought it was someone that already possessed finances or someone that already possessed something. But what he's talking about, it's the person that has the mysteries of the kingdom. So here he's saying, if you have the mysteries of the kingdom, to him it shall be given and he shall have more abundance. Meaning if I understand the mysteries of the kingdom, it was going to cause me to operate in a greater level of increase. If I get a hold of the mysteries, if I get a hold of how the kingdom operates, if I get a hold of how Jesus does things, if I get a hold of and understand why the Holy Spirit was sent, these are all about the mysteries of the kingdom. And it says, I will have more abundance, more abundance. You see, all you need, you might look where you're at and you don't understand why things are happening, but I want to encourage you, get a hold of the mysteries of the kingdom. And these aren't things that are hidden and kept from you. They're, they're, they're for you. Say this with me. I have ears to hear. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I have ears to hear. You see, he who has the mysteries of the kingdom. And so I believe what Dr. Savelle is going to deposit in our hearts and, and through different ministers and myself throughout this next year is going to tap into the mysteries of the kingdom and how the kingdom operates. And, and if we operate in that, what does it say? We're going to operate in more abundance. God's will for you isn't lack. God's will isn't for you being broke. God's will for you isn't being sick. God's will for you isn't addiction. God's will for you isn't being in depression. God's will isn't for you being lost. God's will for you is for you to increase, for you to, to possess land. It's, it's for you to walk in divine health. That's his will for your life. Hallelujah. That's his will for your life. So let's talk about, continue to talk about some mysteries of the kingdom. Go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Let me make a statement to you. It's impossible to get into the word, get into God's presence, to pray in the Holy Spirit without it perfecting your vision. Let me, let me say that again. It's impossible to get into the word, to get into his presence, to pray in the Holy Spirit without it perfecting our vision or birthing in you a great expectation. 
You see, we were talking about praying in the spirit and and we'll see how the the direction of the service goes. But understanding as I'm praying in the spirit, as I'm hearing mysteries of the kingdom, it's impossible for me to hear that with ears to hear and it not perfect my vision and it for not place in me a great expectation. You see, because your hearing is connected to your seeing. So when you're hearing the mysteries of the kingdom, it's going to deposit in you an expectation. That as I'm reading the word and I see see a scripture like this, for for God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So when I read that, what happens is putting within me an expectation. So I want to encourage you, it's impossible to get into the word to be in his presence or pray in the spirit without it perfecting your vision or birthing in you a great expectation. That's what the word of God was meant to do. So in 2020, God is opening a new door and bringing about supernatural increase like never before. You say, well, how increase is going to happen? It's like, like, you know, it's like even what Rick's just said, you know, when the wells were dug up, you're like, well, I guess I'm lacking. You can walk. No, th- dig another well. Amen. Dig another well. Well, that, well, that's not working. That's not. Well, what does the word say? Right. Yes. Yes. Your freedom is on the other side of your obedience to the word. Yes. And so supernatural increase like never before isn't just going to something that just all of a sudden just just he's not doesn't. There's not money trees that are going to grow in your backyard. But it's going to be when we operate in the principles of the kingdom. See, we need to put the principles of the kingdom first because they're spiritual laws, but yet they change natural things. So let's look at this in Matthew chapter 6. And this is some familiar scriptures, but I believe by the Holy Spirit, there's going to be some, some, maybe some new revelation out of this for us this morning. Verse 25, he says, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your Life. Hmm. But you know what? We probably spend 99.9% thinking about you. Well, I don't spend that much time thinking about you, but you. <laughs> but, but you. you <laughs> I'm, not, I'm your pastor. I think about you. I pray about you, but I'm not going to spend 99% of my time thinking about you. Amen. But in humanity, humanity as a whole. 99% of the time, everyone's going around by what's in it for me. You hear something, what's in it for me? You, you go to a job interview, well, what's in it for me? Instead of saying, well, is this where God wants me? I, I've taken jobs where I made a whole lot less because of where God wanted me, not because it was a better paycheck. That's a side nugget for some people. So, so the thing is, 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 is understanding here, don't take thought for your life. So when we think about supernatural increase, don't all of a sudden get an idea, well, how the money going to come? How am I going to increase? How am I, how is this going to, how am I going to buy that home? How am I going to get this? How, get your mind off you. Get your mind off you. Well, how am I going to stay free? How am I not going to go backwards? How, your mind is on you. Your mind is on you. Well, how am I going to get that promotion? How is this going to happen in my life? How, where is that going to come from? When are my children going to start acting right? Your mind is on you. And here he says, take no thought for your life. So there's a mystery of the kingdom 
that I want to give you right now for a mo- just for a moment here is, is that there's a mystery is stop being selfish. Stop thinking about yourself. Now, that could probably be a whole other message I could stay on for a moment, but, but, but I got an assignment this morning, all right? But take no thought for your life. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Take no thought for your life. Hallelujah. What you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor for your body, what you shall put on, is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment. Your life is so much more than what you possess. Now, see, now religion has, has made that a see, well, see, it's, it's not about having things. You know, God, God doesn't want you to have things. Well, the word says he gives me all things richly to enjoy. He says he gives me the desires of my heart. So please get out of that religious ditch that God doesn't want you to have things. The point is, is things not having you. So the, the point is, your life is more than these things. So because your life is more than these things, don't let all those things be your focus. Verse 26, he says, behold, the fowls of the air, meaning look at this, pay attention to this, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Hallelujah. You're much better than they. Go save the whales if you want to, but I'm telling you, I am much better than a whale. Unborn babies are so much, so much better than an animal, okay? I am more than. I'm not on the same class as them. I'm made in God's class. I'm so much more than a bird. I'm so much more. Verse 27, which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto your stature? You know, there was times when different difficult things happened in my life and in the natural you have a tendency to lay home and put the sheets over your head, right? And you're gonna worry about how you're gonna fix that. You're gonna worry about how you're gonna change that. You're gonna worry about all these things, but according to this, if I take thought about that, how is it gonna change anything? It doesn't. It doesn't change any of those things. Verse 28, and why take you thought for clothes... Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that in even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Shall he not clothe you? Meaning, if he does that for flowers that don't worry... Can he do that for you? Yes. Yes. I know these, this is simple and we've heard this, but, but keep listening. Therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewith shall we be clothed? For after all these things do Gentiles seek. So what does that mean? After all these things that people that don't know God seek. So let me ask you a question. Is there a difference in what you seek and what the rest of the world is seeking? You see, 
all day long, 24-7, people are thinking about how they can afford that, how they could get that, how they could pray for that, believe, how, how they could get that, how they could possess that. And so that's what the Gentiles are seeking. So that lets me know if I'm a child of God, I have to shift what I'm seeking. I have to sh- sh- <laughs> careful shift <laughs> what I'm pursuing. Meaning if I want something different, I have to pursue something different. If I, if I want something, what, if I want supernatural increase, then I have to shift what I'm seeking. A couple of weeks ago, the Lord told us, you know, through, through the service, he said, he goes, shift your priorities and you'll step into supernatural possibilities. And so here, Jesus is telling them the same thing because all the Gentiles are seeking these same things, these natural things. Verse 32, for often, after all these things do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knoweth that you have need of these things. Now, just close your eyes for a moment. Now, settle this in your heart. The heaven, your heavenly father knows that you need these things. Yes, that's so good, Pastor. See, you... You don't have to seek someone that already has your best interest. He, he already knows that you have need of these things. He cares about every single one of those details. He cares about every aspect of your life. He cares about your, your emotions he cares about what you're feeling. He cares about the, 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 the struggle that you're going through, right? He cares about all those details of your entire life. So it's not saying that God doesn't care about your clothes. He's not saying he doesn't care about where you live. He's not saying he doesn't care about what you put on. He's not saying he doesn't care about you having some food or not. He just already knows you have need of these things. So he's saying, stop making that your pursuit. Stop making that your answer. You can open your eyes if you still have them closed. <laughs> Some of you are so obedient. I had to go to the next 20 minutes. You were like, can I open my eyes yet? It's <laughs> and you're like looking around. Does he have his eyes open? Does he have his eyes <laughs> Hallelujah. Do, do, you get, do you receive that? Does, because, I mean, it, I know it's something so simple, but yet it, it's just, just a shift in our... He already knows... <clears throat> It's not saying it's wrong to have needs. It's not saying it's not wrong to want clothes. It's not saying it's wrong to have a better house. That's not the point. The point is we don't seek those things. But then he says this, and this is so familiar to us. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. So evidently, there must not be wrong with any of the clothes, any of the houses, any of the things. Because he said, these things will be added. 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 And if I had time, I could bring out my Greek Hebrew lexicon. And in this particular scripture, that word means increase. It means increase. So seek first the kingdom 
and all these things will be increased. That's what we need to realize that that supernatural increase is in direct connection to what I'm pursuing, what I'm seeking after. And seeking after the kingdom of God. So he who has the mysteries of the kingdom will operate, what? In more abundance. And part of this this mystery is, it's not seeking what all the Gentiles are seeking. But I'm seeking first, 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 the kingdom of God. As we step into 2020... What are you going to be seeking first? When you wake up tomorrow morning, what are you going to be seeking first? Because when I seek the kingdom and his righteousness first, all those things are added, increased to me. The clothes, the, all those different things. Please, God's not, he doesn't care about what size of house you live in. How much money, how many cars you have. The question is, is seeking first the kingdom. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Seeking first. The word seek here is one of the best ways to describe this word seek actually is the word aim. Aim. It's, it's, it's almost like you put a target in the wall and I'm, I'm, I'm shooting at the target. I'm going to hit the target. So aim, seek First, the kingdom of God. So put, this is a better way to define that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Seek first. Me, I don't do anything else. Seeking first, meaning I do nothing else until I've made him, his kingdom, his righteousness, my target. I seek first. I seek first. See, as you can hear supernatural increase and all of a sudden your mind can go to natural things. Oh yeah, well, that, oh, that, that'd be great. No, let your mind go to him. Let your mind go on him. Let your mind go on him. Seek first the kingdom of God. Thank you, Father. Go to Isaiah 51. Seek first the kingdom of God. Before anything else, I focus my attention on the target. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Isaiah 51, verse 1 says, Hearken to me, you who follow after righteousness and justice, and you who seek and inquire of and require the Lord, claiming him by necessity and by right, look to the rock from which you were hewn into the hole and the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham. Look to Abraham. Thank you, Father. So here in verse one says, hearken to me, you who follow after rightness and justice, you who seek and inquire of the Lord. So this is talking to someone that is doing Matthew chapter 6, 33. So hearken to me, you who follow after rightness and justice. So if you are doing Matthew chapter 6, 33, he's talking to you. 
Hearken to me, you who follow after rightness and justice. Follow after means to seek. You who seek and inquire the Lord. Then he tells them, look to the rock. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For I called him when he was but one, and I blessed him, and I made him many. Now, get this. He's wanting us to, to, he's talking to the people that are seekers of God. He's talking to the people that are seeking first the kingdom of God, right? Do you see that? And then he's telling them, I want you to look to Abraham. So let's look at Abraham. Let's go to Genesis 17. Genesis 17. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word. Now, in Genesis 17, just a, little, just a small backstory and time-wise... This is about 25 years after Abraham had heard from God when he was in Haran and God said, I want you to leave your father's house. I believe it's about 25 years. And in this 25 years, we see Abraham doing a lot of things. We see him, you know, getting rebuked by Pharaoh. We see him in his victory, with his victory and with, with, with Shadalamir and they had all. And, and then we see him standing before Melchizedek in obedience and humility. And we see 25 years going by, but yet the promise wasn't fulfilled yet. Abraham was still just one. But according to Isaiah, it said, he said, I called him when he was just one, but I blessed him and made him many. Yet, so for 25 years after he called him, Abraham was just, he, he saw a lot of natural increase. He saw a lot of those things following God and God was increasing his life through all those different things. But yet there was even more purpose. It wasn't just to be him and for him to be wealthy, but it also to be the father of many nations. And said he, so he gets here and God's been silent for a number of years to Abraham. And all of a sudden, the first thing that God speaks after years of silence, all of a sudden God says this to him. And we see this in verse one of Genesis 17. And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am the almighty God. The Almighty. He didn't say a Almighty God. He said, I am the Almighty God. I am El Shaddai. I am the God that is more than enough. I'm a God that has a continual supply. I am a God that is all powerful. I'm a God that has no weaknesses. Nothing can confine me. Nothing can hinder me. I have no limitations. I am all, I am the almighty God. So this is the first thing that God speaks to Abraham. And he says, I am the almighty God. And he says, what? Walk before me and be thou perfect. Walk before me. Hallelujah. Walk before me. You see, 
as I said, Abraham walked in a lot of circumstances. Abraham walked in a lot of things. Abraham dealt with a lot of situations. Abraham dealt with a lot of things over this period of time. But yet, God's promises weren't fulfilled in his life yet. And God was telling him what? Walk before me. Walk before me. Now, this word, before me, there's a Hebrew word, and the Hebrew word is panim. P-A-N-Y-I-M. And this word means the face. Walk before me means before face. It's also the same word as used when one of the command, Ten Commandments, he says what? Have no other gods before you. That same thing, it means the same thing. Have no, no other gods before me. You could also, I wrote it down like this, walk looking at my face. The first commandment could have also been translated, don't let any God get between your face and my face. Don't let any God get between my face and your face. You see, the biggest setbacks in my life happen when I allowed other gods in front of my face. You know, alcohol can be a God. Pornography can be a God. Financial success can be a God. Things can be a God. Your success can be a God. People get into relationships and that person can be their God. And here, so what he was telling Abraham, remember he called him when he was but one and I blessed him and made him many. But then here, he said, but yet he's still one. And what was the answer? Walk before me. You could say, seek first the kingdom of God. Have no other gods between my face and your face. Have, let no other gods get between me and you. See, the thing that has kept you, Abraham, from becoming the many has been what you've kept in front of your face. The things you've pursued. Pursuing Hagar, pursuing these different things, pursuing this or pursuing that. It was, but it was what did he keep in front of his face? And God said, said, I am the almighty God. I am the God that is more than enough. I'm the God that's got everything you need. I'm the God that can restore you. I'm the God that can change you. I'm the God that can heal you. I'm the God that can deliver you. I'm the God who is more than enough. So do walk before me. Let no other gods get between my face and your face. before me. Let's, let's keep looking at this because what does he say after that? In Amplified, it says, when Abraham was 99 years old and the Lord appeared to him and said, I am almighty God, walk and live habitually before me and be perfect, blameless, wholehearted, and complete. And what? And I will make a covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Yes. Now, now get that. And I will make so when you do this, then I'll make this. 
So when you walk before me, when you walk before my face and you don't keep any other gods between my face and your face, then what? I can multiply you exceedingly. So when Abraham would take his position of being a seeker after God and God only, then God was saying, I will multiply you exceedingly, exceedingly. I will multiply you exceedingly. So when Abraham was going to shift his focus, see, Abraham tried to bring the promise to pass by himself. And that's where we got Ishmael. But what God was saying, it's not going to happen a natural way. So what? Seek first my face. Walk before me and be thou perfect. You can say this, walk before my face and you won't have to, and I'll complete everything you need. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Be complete. You walk before me and I'll take care of everything you need. I'll make you whole. I'll make you complete. I'll provide for all that you need. You just walk before my face. So God said, and if you do this, I will increase you. I will multiply you exceedingly. Wow. Multiply exceedingly? But it all was going to depend on what? What he was pursuing. What he was seeking. Father. Then Abraham fell on his face and God said to him, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be the father of many nations, nor shall your name any longer be called Abram, high exalted father, but your name shall be Abraham, father of a multitude. For I made you the father of many nations and I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of you and kings will come out of you. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. Do you want that in your life? I don't know about you, but that sounds good to me. Exceedingly fruitful. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations for an everlasting solemn page pledge to be a God to you and to your posterity. So not only this, as you do this, as you seek me, not only that, but I'm going to get involved with generations after you. Wow. All based on what are you seeking? Go to Genesis 2440. Genesis 2440. Hallelujah. 2020, God is opening a new door and bringing about supernatural increase like never before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we set our hearts to... Hallelujah, to seek first. In Genesis 24, 40, he says, and he said, and this is Abraham's servant speaking, and he said unto him, the Lord before whom I walk. This is what, this is what the servant said to this other guy that, his, that Abraham said. And he said unto him, the Lord before whom I walk will send his angel with thee and prosper thy way. And thou shalt take a wife for my son and my kindred into my father's house. Now get that. I will walk before whom I walk. Abraham, this before whom I walk, he did what? He prospered my way. Hallelujah. Just repeat this after me. Father God, I choose to walk after you. I choose to seek first you. And as I seek you first, you're going to prosper my way. Thank you, Father. 
Highlight. Look, let's go look at uh, Genesis 48. Genesis 48, verse 15. Thank you, Father. Jacob is blessing his son. And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk. Before Abraham and Isaac, my father Abraham and Isaac did walk. The God, the God, <laughs> the almighty God, the God what, which fed me all my life unto this day. Wow. So here, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jacob is now blessing his son, his posterity. And he's blessing him. And he says, before whom my fathers walked, the God that fed me and took care of me from the day that I was born to the day of right now. Wow. All because of walking with God. Seeking God. Pursuing God. Hallelujah. See, God is not just a thing in our life. He has to be the thing in our life. Hallelujah. Seeking, having no other God between my face and his face. Let's go to Psalms 115. Other, other things, directions we could go and we may get into next week, but I'm just gonna, thank you, Father. Psalms 115, and this is one of our increased scriptures that Dr. Savell has given us. We have no other gods before us. We seek first the kingdom of God. And when we seek first, he, what, he increases all those things that we need. Now, let's look at verse 1 of Psalms 115. He goes, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. For your mercy and love and kindness and for the sake of your truth and faithfulness. Why should the nation say, where is now their God? Verse 3, but our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. But our God is in heaven. Hallelujah. And he does whatever he pleases. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You know, one of the things he pleases is to bless his creation. He does whatever he pleases. Faith pleases God. Pleases. What makes him happy is you. Hallelujah. But our God is in heaven. See, all the nations are saying, well, where's their God? He's saying, well, our God isn't from this world. My God can't be confined to this world. My God doesn't have what I need. My God, he's in heaven and he does whatever pleases him. And then it's interesting, the psalmist here then talks about idols. He says, the idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. They have eyes, but they don't see. They have ears, but they don't hear. Noses have they, but they can't smell. They have hands, but they handle not. <laughs> Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither can they make a sound with their throat. 
And they who make idols are like them. So are all who trust and lean on them. (laughs) Whoa, think about this. He is saying, look, these idols that you make, they don't smell, they don't see, they can't walk, they don't have hands, they can't do, they can't, they can't do anything, and the people that make them are just like them, and those that trust in them are like them. So if you are looking at things as being your God, then you're no different than an idol worshiper. You're no different than, and what happens, it says they trust in it. What are the things you're trusting in? What are the things you're trusting in? Because he's saying the ones that make them and the ones that trust in them are just like the idols they're making. The things that you're serving can't take you where you want to go. The things you're serving can't cause you to see what you need to see or hear what you need to hear. Or walk where you need to walk. Smell what you need to smell. But then it says this. Verse 8. But he says, O Israel, trust and take refuge in the Lord. I mean, all the nations are seeking those things. But as for you, stay here. Trust and the amplifies says, trust, take refuge in the Lord. And I love this, it says, lean on, rely on, and be confident in him. Yes. And it says, why? He is their help and their shield. Yes. He is their assistance. He is their support. He is their aid. He is their protector. He is the one that covers them. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 10 says, O house of Israel, the priesthood, trust in the Lord, lean on the Lord. He is their help and their shield, their support, their aid, their assistant, their protector, their cover. Verse 11, you who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord, lean on the Lord. He is their help and their shield. See, he talks about the children of it. He talked about Israel. He talked about Aaron. And all of a sudden, then he says, you who fear the Lord, Meaning he doesn't put a people group necessarily like this group of people or that people. We know who Israel is and we know who the priesthood is, but then he just says, well, you who fear the Lord. You know, people that fear the Lord, who are they? The ones that seek first the kingdom of God. You who seek the Lord, trust in the Lord, lean on the Lord. Why? He is their help. He is their aid. He is their support. He is their assistance. And he is their shield. Then verse 12 says, the Lord has been mindful of us. Wow. Mindful of us. I think all three people groups, whether you're the children of Israel, whether you're the Aaronic priesthood, or where you're those fearing the Lord, it says, the Lord has been mindful of us. See, just like the Lord knows what you have need of, the Lord is mindful of you. And he's mindful of you what? He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. 
So you say, well, I'm, I'm not from Israel. Okay, well, he will bless the house of, he will bless the house of Aaron. Well, I'm a Bridges. But then verse 13, he will bless those who reverently worship and fear the Lord, both small and great. Wow. Man, it's his desire to increase you. But we understand the mysteries of the kingdom are what are we seeking? What are we putting first place? Please take any limits off of what God can do in your life. Spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally. Take every limitation off and just seek him. Take every limitation. Anything that you resurrect your mind of what can't happen, what couldn't happen, what you'll never be, what you can't have, where you could never live, what you might never own. Take every limitation off of those things and seek first him. Because it says when we, we put him first, he says he will bless us. And then he says this, may the Lord give you increase more and more you and your children. Hallelujah. So if we see this scripture and we look at it, does increase belong to all of humanity? No. It, it, it's, it's available but it belongs to those that seek. Go to Psalm 62 and I'll close with this. And we'll see, maybe pick up next week. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Psalm 62. Thank you, Father. Verse 1. Just go ahead and stand to your feet. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 62 verse 1 says, Truly, my soul, my soul, You know, our, some of our biggest battles, for, personally, I'll just speak of myself, my biggest battles were what was going on in my mind, my will, and my emotions. And for too long, we allow what we think, what we feel in our emotions to direct our entire lives. You know, not everything Jesus felt and his emotions were feelings from God. Not everything Jesus heard were words from God. You're like, what? Well, John chapter five says, says, thank you, Father. Jesus says, as I hear, I judge. So Jesus said, had to judge everything he heard. So, so I want you, you know, if it wasn't, if it wasn't everything he heard, why? That, that's the wilderness, the, the attacks in the wilderness, hanging on the cross in the garden of Gethsemane. His emotions were going all over the place. His emotions were driving him to, and darkness was surrounding his mind and, and emotional torment. And emotionally he was, he was overwhelmed by things. 
And there's so many people, so many people that we work with in our families, things that are surrounding, that people are facing demonic attacks in their souls, demonic attacks in their mind, demonic attacks in their emotions. And I want you to know that if you're having different thoughts and you're having thoughts of darkness and thoughts of oppression and depression, they are not God thoughts. And I want you to know they're also possibly not your thoughts. See, the psalmist, he, he says, truly my soul waits upon God. See, you have to stop allowing your soul waiting on the wrong person. You're waiting on the wrong person. You're waiting on, waiting on the wrong strength. You're waiting on the wrong things. Truly, my soul waits, waits. See, what you wait upon is what's building your expectation for your future. Waiting, waiting. You're waiting and you're listening to those thoughts, those ideas, what this doctor said, what they said. This is happening, that's happening. And you can bombard it and you're waiting upon all these things. But, but the psalmist said, truly, my soul waits only upon God. Now, I'm not saying there's that what you're facing and what you're going through isn't real. And I'm not saying it's not difficult and I'm not saying it's not challenging. I'm not saying that there's not answers in the medical field. I, I believe in the medical field. I believe that, 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 that in mental imbalances, I believe it, that there's different things there. But I also believe that a lot of it a lot of it comes into what we continue to meditate on. What we continue to meditate on. Continue to meditate on. Continue to meditate on. My soul, my, truly my soul waits upon God. From him, from him cometh my salvation. But when you are waiting upon this and waiting upon that and waiting upon this and listening to that, watching that, YouTubing that, listening to that, hearing that, hearing that, then, then what happens is you, you have a hard time waiting on him to strengthen you. I'm not belittling any situations. I understand the medical, but also understand the spiritual. From him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock. He only is my rock. He only is, he only, only, only. You know what only in the Hebrew means? Only, only. There's nothing else. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense and I shall not be greatly moved. Verse five, my soul Wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. My soul waits only upon him. My soul waits only upon God, for my expectation is from him. I'm telling you, the world would want to try to paint a picture. Your mind will try to paint a picture of your impended defeat. Your mind will want to tell you how bad you are, how negative you are, how much of a failure, how ugly you are, how disgusting you are, how no one cares about you. Your soul will try to paint a horrible picture of possibly your current reality. But yet here he says, my soul waits only upon God for my expectation is from him. You see, when you seek him first, 
let him paint the expectation for your future. Don't let the world put you in a box and even say, well, this is just the way I was born and this is just the way who I am and this is, this, is, this is that or this is that and that's what they say and all this. Let your expectation come from God. Why? He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times. You could say, seek him at all times. You people, pour out your heart before him. Hey, it's all right to tell God your junk. You know what? It might be better off telling God your junk than everyone else your junk. Pour out your heart before him. You don't have to rehearse everything you're feeling to every person. Rehearse it to God. Pour out your heart before him. Why? He cares about you. And he says, God is a refuge for us. And then it says, Selah. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you that you are our refuge today. Thank you, Father, as the church, we turn towards you today. We turn towards you as our strength. We turn towards you as our refuge. And Father, we make a decision to seek you first. I know we had a, people come up before the end of worship, but there was something that I saw in my heart and because really, when I got up this morning, I didn't really know that that was direction I was going to deal with about darkness in the soul and in that. But I uh, just had it strong in my heart to deal with just depression. And I'm telling you, this, it's not something to be embarrassed about. Oppression, depression. Tell your 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 mind is a phys- your brain is a physical organ, just like your heart's a physical organ. And there's things can misfire. There's things that, that may not produce, like not producing serotonin. And, and there's different things that can happen, happen within, within the brain, physical brain. But your mind and your brain are two different things. Your brain isn't your mind. Your mind isn't your brain. Don't have a time to go into all that. But I had a sense that there was just this darkness hanging over some people this morning, today. And I'm telling you, the enemy is a liar. The enemy is a thief. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And I believe just like when Jesus prayed for that man that was oppressed. It's interesting in Mark chapter 6, when that man was oppressed by demonic forces, it said he was found cutting himself. See, there's something related between those things and harming yourself or wanting to harm yourself. There is a connection. And I know this might take a, take a bold step for some people to step out, but I'm telling you, I want you to know that we are a church family that loves you. I'm a pa- we are pastors that love you. You are not less than, but I'm telling you, God sees you as more than, and I'm telling you, he wants a spiritual, he wants there to be a spiritual awakening to happen. Now, I, thank you, Father. And this is the other thing, and this actually connected what we did in the first service that he spoke to me. 
in Acts chapter 5. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 5, verse... Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Verse 11. It says, take no part in or have no fellowship with the fruitless deeds and enterprises of darkness. But instead, it's kind of changing what you're seeking. Then that's, that's shifting. Take no part and have no fellowship with the fruitless deeds and enterprise of darkness. But instead, let your lives be so in contrast as to expose and reprove and convict them. For it is a shame even to speak of or mention the things that people practice in secret. Verse 13, but when everything is exposed and reproved by the light, it is made visible and clear. And where everything is visible and clear, there's light. See, God wants you to see differently. Verse 14 says, because of that, because of that light, he says, therefore he says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall shine upon you and give you light. When I, that, that's where awake I, I just sense that there was some people here where the enemy has, has almost let you feel like you could settle for darkness, settle for brokenness, settle for where you're at. But here he says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall shine upon you and give you light. Look carefully then how you walk, live purposely, worthily, accurately, not as the unwise or witless, but as wise, making the very most of your time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding, grasp what the will of the Lord is. The will of the Lord is. Or you could say, what pleases the Lord. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. See, he wants you high. He just wants you high in him. Don't be drunk with wine. But be filled with the Spirit. And, and I just sensed in my heart that, that there's people here where there's just a dark cloud over you. Where there's depression. I don't want to put a particular label on it. But I believe that Christ is going to shine. Give you light today. And you are going to be filled with the Spirit. Where you've been filled with that darkness, you are going to be filled with His presence. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Eric and Nikki, if you can come up. Rick and Cassie, you can come up. Annette, come up with me. Joseph and Charlene, if you can come up, and Pastor Phil and Diane, if you can come up. And I'm just, I'm just following my heart, and there may not... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I said, I don't want to put a particular label, it's this or it's that. I'm not a doctor. But there, you can just say, there's just been a like an oppression, almost something sitting on your shoulders. It's almost this aspect you, you may not want to live. Uh, you drowned yourself in, in busyness because of, of all the different things. And, and because of that, it's hindered your increase. It's hindered all that God wants to add to your life. If that's you, I want you to come. 
Now, come quickly. Come quickly. Come quickly. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.